This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 242. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. I am your host, and this is the Colored Pencil Podcast. Podcast. I am so glad you're here. So today I'm going to talk about color pencil on drafting film. Now, I've been wanting to do this show for a long, long, long time. I first used drafting film, I don't know, probably 10 years ago, and I did not like it. I've tried it off and on through the years. I didn't really um, embrace it. And when I would try it, I would think, oh, yeah, I don't really like that too much. And then I would say, well, I, maybe I'll try that again someday. And then I wouldn't do that. Um, but I've recently tried it again, and I've been wanting to do a show on this. And so I thought, I'll go ahead and do that today. And I, I get questions about drafting film constantly. And so we're going to go ahead and do this show. Now, I will tell you that I am no expert on drafting film. Uh, I've dibbled and dabbled with it. Uh, I have completed an entire project on it. Took me several hours to complete this project. But I've d I don't have years and years of experience using drafting film. I've done studies with it. I've worked with it a little bit, and then I would put it away uh, and form some opinions about it and form some new ideas around it. Um, so today I want to just talk to you about my experiences with drafting film, and I want to point you in a direction to get more uh, information about it if you're interested in uh, using this particular support for colored pencil. Now I'll tell you that there are some artists that work in colored pencil that use it all the time and they have a lot of success with it. They love it. It is a preferred um, support for colored pencil for them. So, and I will include links to uh, some of those places on the show notes page if you're interested. Okay. So I'm going to talk to you about what I did, the project that I worked on, and the reason why I thought this would be a good thing to talk about right now is this recently came up inside um, one of my office hours the other day. And this is on office hours, in case you're not aware, is where I meet together uh, with students of mine weekly, and we it's a Q&A session, and it's also a time of uh, just... Uh, ex idea exchange surrounding colored pencil and art and there's just spontaneous organic conversations that come up around the medium of colored pencil and other art mediums and you never can predict where the conversation will go or where we may end up by the time we're done sometimes we're on there for 40 minutes uh, sometimes we're on there for over an hour and this was one of those times where uh, we just sort of um, spontaneously started talking about drafting film. And there were others on the video chat that day who also work in drafting film. And so it was, it was a very interesting conversation all around uh, this particular support. Okay, so I'll talk a little bit about the paper, but first let me tell you what I did, and I'll have a, uh, the image 
uh, of the artwork that I completed in the show notes if you want to go over there and take a look at it. Um, I'm calling it Apple Snack. So it's an apple that's cut in two on a glass plate. And then there is a spoon of peanut butter next to the apple. And so there's a lot of different textures and elements going on. So I've got a glass plate. I've got a fruit. got an apple uh, that's cut in half. I've got peanut butter. I've got silverware. So I've got uh, a silver spoon on the plate and then a shadow. Um, anyway, for a better look at everything, just head over to the show notes and take a look. Sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. All right. So I, I want to tell you then a little bit about my experience on the paper. But before I do that, let's talk about what this is. So uh, the paper that I used is is by Graphics. It's um, graphicsarts.com. You can go to that website. Um, it's a Duralar uh, paper, and it's the .005 matte film. So it says right on it, an acetate alternative. Uh, a couple of bullet points on the pad of paper. This is a 9 by 12 inches medium weight paper. High performance polyester film, archival, non-tearing, lays flat, heat resistant. Says it's a high contact clarity translucent film with matte erasable coatings on both sides for drawing, drafting, stencil making, and mixed media artwork. This unique drawing surface accepts pen, lead, ink, paint, and colored pencil. Okay, so there you have it. Uh, th this is a very different animal. If you're used to working on a traditional cotton paper like Stonehenge, or if you're used to using a watercolor paper, or if you're used to using a sanded paper or any non-absorbent surface, uh, that has some type of tooth or texture uh, that is, you know, a little more substantial, like uh, let's throw Pastel Matte by Claire Fontaine in that mix as well. So this is a non-absorbent surface, but there is a little tiny bit of tooth, but it is an entirely different experience working on this paper than if you're working on like a sanded paper where it's nearly the opposite. You're working on a sanded paper, you've got, you feel like, depending on the grit level of the tooth that you're using, uh, the grit level of sanded paper. Uh, but if, let's take, for instance, a 400 grit uh, sanded paper, if you're using something like that, then you feel like you have an unlimited amount of tooth that you can work on. And you kind of do, because you can keep spraying it with uh, a fixative and then going over the top of it again and again and again and getting more layers of pencil to go down on the surface. So you, you're, uh, you're going to be limited in that regard on a drafting film. So what my experience was this, and I'm going to talk about it from the perspective mostly of comparing it to Stonehenge or a cotton paper. Because Stonehenge would be probably the slowest, um, the slowest way of producing a colored pencil piece of art, and uh, and then you might think of uh, maybe sanded paper as one of the fastest ways uh, 
to create a piece of colored pencil art. Sandpaper also has uh, an added benefit where you can be very intuitive with uh, your piece. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. I've been using sandpaper quite a bit. So when I come from that type of, um, um, you know, mentality of, you know, I can just be intuitive with this. If I don't like what I put down, I'll go ahead and just uh, change it up mid-process. When I come away from that kind of uh, mentality and I come to this surface, then I'm sorely disappointed in that. So let's talk about it, though, from a Stonehenge perspective. With Stonehenge, you can get nearly an unlimited amount of layers on top of that. Just uh, some people claim hundreds and hundreds of layers, and it's probably uh, maybe accurate. I, I don't know. If you keep spraying it, you can get more and more layers. But you can certainly get 10, maybe 20 layers or more uh, on Stonehenge paper. And if you're doing that in soft light layers, building up the layers over time, then what happens is you're able to uh, build up the, all of these translucent layers where it's working for you to build up this rich color saturation. And when you do that, there there's really not a way, and not an easy way, I'll put it that way, to go backwards or to erase what you put down. But what you can do is, if you have an exact or pretty accurate line drawing from the beginning, then you're able to build up a rich, full, uh, completed piece of artwork by the time you're done. Now, when we're talking about working on drafting film, you still have to be careful and you have to be exact pretty much with your line drawing from the beginning. But if you're thinking that you're going to be able to go back and change a lot of things, then you're not going to be able to do that very well. All right. So the reason for that is there's not a lot of layers that this particular paper will take. This is a polyester paper, and you're just not going to be able to get that many layers on it. So if you plan ahead, and that's probably my first tip right there, is plan ahead with what you're going to do. If you plan ahead, then you'll know exactly where the line drawing is, make a very, very accurate line drawing, and then start on your shading. And the best ways to do that is to trace your reference if you're going by a reference just trace that reference if uh, that's something that doesn't bother you i know some people they really get bothered if they trace something but that is the best way to assure uh, an accurate line drawing and so that you can go forward you can progress through the piece knowing that that line drawing is accurate and you're not going to have to go back and redraw and erase and redraw okay that leads me to erasing why would you not want to erase? You can erase on drafting film. In fact, you can erase very easily on drafting film. Very, very easy to erase. But the other thing is you can erase even the tooth on drafting film very easily. So you want to use a very soft, delicate approach to erasing anything that you put down. So uh, you don't want to use a real harsh eraser. You don't want to go in there with 
Uh, you know, I'm thinking of like that ink eraser by uh, Tombow. Um, that eraser, it's called a ink eraser or a sand eraser. I think most often now I see it labeled as a sand eraser. If I went in there and I started using that, it has a gritty uh, substance inside the uh, eraser itself. It would scratch up that surface a little bit. Now, I have heard some people say that they can use that and scratch the surface deliberately and add a little more tooth on it. But my point is, if you eradicate that tooth right away, the natural uh, matte film that is on this drafting film, if you get rid of that right away, then you've lost an opportunity to just use the natural tooth that's on the paper itself. And so I would recommend using uh, something a little more soft, maybe uh, using a kneaded eraser or uh, maybe um, a soft plastic eraser and uh, going in that direction and then trying to preserve the tooth a little bit that's on the film and then try to draw on top of that. Now, if you've already exhausted that, then you can do some of these other things where you're scratching up that surface, adding a little more tooth on top of it if you've gotten rid of the tooth, and then try to go in that direction of adding more pigment, more colored pencil on top. All right. So what I did was I started drawing the skin of the apples pretty much from the start. And I wanted to kind of do that intuitively and use some dark areas to indicate where there's some shadows. And then I wanted to vary some of the coloring in the skin of the apple. And what I found is that there is a point where you reach this critical mass of color pigment buildup. And then once you reach that, then you can start if you if you think, OK, I'm going to push that a little bit more and I'm going to add more layers. You reach this point where it just starts to glob and it starts to create this little uh, globby uh, mess on top of your surface. I was able to work successfully with it and get around it, but I started noticing that that was developing. And I, I noticed that on my test paper, too, when I was trying to test uh, for uh, color saturation. Now, that's one thing that leads me to talking about color saturation. Color saturation on this particular paper is so good. So this is a semi-transparent uh, type of support. So you can see through it. So placing a white backing on it, placing something behind it when you frame it does, um, you know, add a particular luminance to the way that the colors look. Uh, you can get, uh, you can get some very quick saturation with drafting film uh, that you can't get with other papers, especially like a Stonehenge paper. If you start laying down just one simple layer of a particular hue, then you're going to be able to press with medium to light uh, or light to medium. I would start out with light and then increase that just a little bit. But you, you're going to be able to get a very good coverage of that color and a rich saturation on drafting film. If you try that same thing, the same technique on Stonehenge paper, for example, um, you it would take so many more layers before you ever got this rich saturation that you're able to get on drafting film. 
So for that reason, uh, there's some there's some uh, desirability with this particular support and uh, some excitement around it as well, because quickly you can get some coverage that takes a long time uh, from other uh, from the standpoint of uh, using other papers. OK, but on the other hand, if I decide, oh, you know what, that's not quite the right color. Uh, and now I want to uh, contour this. I want to create some shading. I want to create uh, a three-dimensional look in this particular subject, my apple, for instance. Um, then I can start adding a little bit of uh, some darker colors. But quickly, I'm out of tooth, and there's not much I can do about it. Now, one thing I can do, I didn't do that with this particular drawing. I've done this in the past a little bit. Uh, I played played around with it. I've... Um, tested uh, in this direction but the thing is you can do this you can turn it over on the back side and you can draw on the other side and you can get some coverage that way and because it's semi-transparent uh, this translucency will allow it to be seen on the front side so there is that you're able to do that um, something to keep in mind all right so I wanted to see how quickly I could get through a piece, have it look realistic, and still just use one side of the paper. And so that's what I did. That's what, and I feel like it it passed the test. I was able to uh, draw something that was representational, and I was pleased with the drawing. If I wanted to take that, you know, to the next level, then yeah, I would turn it over on the other side. Uh, and draw on it. I don't know, though, that it would really add that much more to the piece. And so I'm happy and I'm pleased with what I did get out of the piece. So uh, it was fun. I'll put it that way. Uh, it was quick. It only took a few hours to do this drawing. So if you're looking for some quick wins, and this is a 9 by 12 and you're, you're wanting to do something very fast, then certainly uh, give it a shot and try it. The thing that, that was frustrating to me, other than those globs of pigment that I was talking about when I wanted to start adding a whole bunch of layers and darkening something up, is that I was not able to be as intuitive on it as I thought I would be able to be. And I what it was difficult to get a real smooth coverage and a gradation in value. So if I wanted to come away from some area with a form edge rather than a clean edge, that was difficult to achieve on this paper. So uh, there are some other methods uh, for uh, getting that look, for achieving that. And maybe I'll explore that in the future. But the other thing you want to do is you want to go ahead and get this frame probably under glass and put a, a backing on it. Now you can change the backing, uh, put some paper behind it that is a different color to change the, uh, the mood or the concept, um, the color scheme that you're looking for. Um, it does affect the entire palette, but going with a white, you can get a very, very vibrant um, composition out of that. All right. Well, if you have an experience on this paper and someone that um, I've talked to about uh, using drafting film before is Karen Hull. If you're not familiar with her work, she does some just incredible representational work on drafting film. And she's worked on it uh, for many, many years. And I'll link up 
to her uh, website in the show notes. And I would I would really encourage you to look at her website. She goes into depth on um, certain things regarding this particular paper. Really a great resource for you. So I'll have that in the show notes. But if you've tried it, if you like the paper or don't like the paper, uh, go ahead and reach out to me. And, uh, you know, I've had many of you talk about the fact that you want you want to start trying it and you're wondering what my opinions are on it. Um, so that's it for right now. It, it was it was interesting. I had to be very uh, judicious in the way that I laid the pencils down. Now, I used uh, Derwent Lightfast pencils on this and some polychromos, uh, maybe some luminance. I can't remember now if I did if I did that or not. I've got everything written down somewhere here, but mostly uh, I was using the uh, luminance pencils. And or I'm sorry, the Polychromos pencils and the Derwent Lightfast. Um, so yeah, I would like to hear any experience that you've had using this particular uh, drafting film as your support for colored pencil. You can comment in the show notes, sharpenartist.com/podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me, podcast. You can always reach out to me through email, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. This is a weekly show, and if you're interested in diving in a little deeper and joining the community, you can join us over there at Monthly Sharpener. The link will be in the show notes. And I just want to say I really appreciate you. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate the questions that always come in. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Thank you.